Bonjour, life sparklers, it's Claire. Welcome and thanks for listening to the Integrally Alive podcast where we explore stories, wisdoms and tools for growing resilience and living life in your own terms. My guest today is on a mission to democratize co-living and turn it into a global movement. After running four co-living spaces, he decided to spread the awareness around co-living and empowering others to create their own spaces. He currently also hosts Evolve Co-Living. You can find it on evolvecoliving.com. And it is a communal co-living space in Bali dedicated to personal growth and transformation. And I know you have plans to move it further than Bali as well. But we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Without further ado, please welcome Guillaume Perdri. Hello, Guillaume. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for warm welcoming. Well, I'm pleased to have you on board today. And this, guys, is going to be a two-episode interview. This is a new format I'm trying. And let me know your feedbacks on this format. So today, well, basically, wait. Next week, we'll learn what this, this Evolve Co-Living project of yours all about and i love the way by the way i love the way you see co-living and the take on putting people first just love it can't wait to hear all of this next week but for today we're going to discover guillaume's story of resilience and the why behind all of this so for yeah. this episode i have pretty much one question how did you grow resilience in your life I mean, you're having a great life, you're doing what you love with people you love. I guess it wasn't always that way. So how did you get there? What was the starting point? Thank you. <laughs> cool. Well, um, that's a big question. And um, so my intention right now is I'm going to be very vulnerable and like start tracing like the i never actually asked myself the question of resilience mm. because i think resilience was a straight like a trait that that was in my life but never thought about oh am i resilient right now or am i not um so it's actually interesting to to ask myself right now the question like how did i build up resilience and especially resilience against what um so I guess, I mean, quickly about my background, right? Yeah. I have French parents, grew up in Germany, uh, next to Frankfurt in Darmstadt, like a smaller town, 130,000 people. Had a really good childhood. You know, my parents were well off. Um, I went to school. My mom taught me French. I was the first kid. My dad brought me to like swimming pools every Sunday. Like I really can't complain about anything. Um, one thing that I, I realized when I was like 13, I was a teen and I went through this whole thing of like, you know, being a bit frustrated, but I guess it's also normal. You know, at the time I was like a hip hopper trying to, I was letting out my frustration this way. And then the thing that really marked me was when I was 14, I moved to Peru for three months. And that was the first time that I was around a community like a real like real community of people like the peruvians like latin americans are so different than than people in germany so i grew up in an environment that's very cold yeah, <laughs> I can where, that. <laughs> yes. yeah it's like it's not even it's not like france it's like mm -mm. especially the place where i was growing up like 
for example, my, my, the neighbors uh, of my parents' home uh, in the last 10 years never invited us, you know, since we opened the house. Um, while we did like barbecue parties and, you know, we were like mm-hmm. the Frenchman, like inviting all <laughs> So growing up, I didn't have a lot of sense of community. And when I went to Peru, I, and then everybody welcomed me and I suddenly made like really warm-hearted friends. Um, I brought it back to Germany and I really missed it. And I knew I'm going to move away. Um, I knew that the day I finished my studies, like, or my high school, when I'm 18, I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. move away. And, and I tried to, so I was missing this human connection. Um, and actually, now that I'm saying it, I realized that it was actually about human connection. Uh-uh. I thought it was about mindset, but it really was about connection, connecting with humans. And, and so I tried to also, you know, in my family, I tried to change it in my family. I tried to change it or like to impose it into my friends, but I couldn't because they were different. Um, and, and so then when I was 18, I finally like, actually when I was 17, I moved out. I went to England for six months. And when I was 18, like I, I finally left Germany. I was like, I can't take it anymore. I went to France. And that was like kind of relieving and it was better. And then from there, I continued my journey. Um, but so the one thing that marked me about my, my resist, like my, my journey of resilience was the lack of community. And so I was always looking for community. Even when I was in, at university, I joined like the student body. Uh, when I was like, I, I created like a, you know, I was living with like two other people. Um, and even the first year when I was by myself, I literally spent only two days alone by myself in the apartment. Like I would <laughs> have potlucks and like people like all the time. So that's kind of, um, I guess it's a first step. Um, since then, like I was always looking for community and I was fighting the lack of having community. And in fact, I went through a bunch of times afterwards in my life where I was isolated, uh, where I was like myself in like depression, for example. Um, but I knew I was, I was unsettled because I was very lonely. Mm. Um, and I was fighting this unsettlement and I was fighting this loneliness. Um, and so, yeah, that is like one, one part of, of why, for example, community right now is very important to me. So um, can you tell us more about where were you when you were, you were talking about depression and isolation and unsettlement? Sounds like a big moment in your life, I know. I know if you're seeing Sky, but you don't know. So I, <laughs> I know about your further experiments, which I don't want to talk about too much now because I know we will get there. Okay. But where, where? Sure, and, which ones? <laughs> <laughs> like life is a blast and this kind of fun. So oh, okay. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> I guess going and uh, um, having. This uh, sense of isolation and unsettlement brought you somewhere else as well. Like this, okay, guys, one way of growing your resilience is actually going through difficult moments in your life and making something out of it. So, um, and first you were you mentioned resilience against something. That's not the way I see resilience. Resilience for me is a big yes. Uh, okay. Resistance against whatever is the opposite for me of uh, resilience. As long as you resist something, 
then it just goes harder and harder. Like you were saying, for example, you were isolated and you were unsettled in this isolation. Whereas, for example, I mean, I'm not taking, um, especially for, from you, but taking this example of, oh, I feel isolated. Okay, yes. And what can I do with that? Am I happy with that? No. Okay, let's do something else. I mean, yeah, this is a really easy kind of silly uh, example, but this is basically the first step of resilience to say, okay, yes, this situation sucks. And yes, this situation happens. Okay, it's a yes. And it's not the end of it. It's the beginning of something else. So that's why I'm asking about the depression and so on, because I know for sure that this must have been a step in your life towards what you're, well, probably what you're doing now. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, especially, I think you're actually the first person who uses the term like resilience and, <laughs> um, or that they heard of. So I love, you know, I guess you're, you're very right in your definition. Um, for me, the, so the depression was very simple. Um, I, after my studies, I went on to work in the startup scene and I had like amazing opportunities. I worked with like a uh, couple of different startups, mostly in growth marketing mm-hmm. um, and in projects that I actually really appreciated. Um, the, the issue was that I spent my entire focus and my entire happiness was based on my results at work. Mm. So I would, my day would basically look the following. I'd wake up, go to work, work until like 10 or 11, and then come back home and think about like more work ideas so that I can the next day like continue working. <laughs> and, um, and that just didn't help. And so two years later, I was, um, and of course it wasn't linear, so it was like, I had like down times and then a bit high and down. Mm-hmm. it wasn't a complete depression over two years, but I did have sometimes chunks of like three or four months. There was kind of more dark time before I was able to like snap out of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, um, I was in Paris and it was two weeks before a major event that I was organizing. And I've been procrastinating or postponing kind of like the major tasks. Like I wasn't honest towards myself. Mm. I felt like I couldn't manage the tasks. So I, I kept on, on not, not doing them. And, uh, and I woke up basically, it was like two weeks before the event. Um, it was on this weekend. I thought, okay, now I'm going to do all of those tasks in this weekend. But I woke up with a big hangover because <laughs> of course the night before, like I drank it over to like forget about like my, the miserable situation that I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And so I wake up have a hangover, can't focus. And I just literally just like laid down in this bed and thought like, what am I doing with my life? And I just like couldn't move for 45 minutes. And I said, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna run. I need to like move my body. I went outside and I couldn't run. So I just continued walking. It was like freezing degree. It was like end of November. And then I entered the cemetery. It's called Père Lachaise in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's this big cemetery. And I enter and this is like, big statues of a few angels coming down. And I don't know why, just like in that moment, I just like collapsed in front of the statue and like finally like cried out like all of these emotions that were just like stuck inside. So that was my breakdown. And the cool thing about this breakdown is, you know, I see it really as one of my lowest points in my mm-hmm. life, if not the 
lowest point, but also the catalyst for everything that followed afterwards. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I wouldn't have gone through it, then mm -hmm. I would have remained comfortable enough. I would have not been a zero. I wouldn't have been like minus seven or minus eight. Yeah. But right now I hit the minus 10. So I was able to, to be like shaken and like slapped in the face. Um, and I think, yeah, most of the time before that I was miserable, but I was change would be harder than misery. Yeah. I call it comfortable enough. Yes. Like when you're not comfortable actually in your life, but like you say, change is still so scary that you're still comfortable enough so that you don't want to risk the not so great thing you have for, I don't know what can happen. But then when you hit moments like this, like you hit a wall, it's like, okay, now it's really not comfortable at all. I mean, you, you hit this moment where you're, you're actually um, ready to take whatever risk to change this situation. So yeah, big breakdown moments are very important for, for that when we go through it. And that's when resilience come in and saying yes and, and changing yeah. the situation. And also, yeah. and also when you know how to learn from them. So yeah. like some people, well, that I know, like they, they hit the lows, go back up, but they like hit them again. And for me, what I realized in that moment is that I needed to take responsibility for my own happiness. Mm. And, and I couldn't continue living, you know, expecting that eventually I'll be happy. That eventually when I finish this project or when I do X, Y, Z, when I have financial income, like when I have stability or when I meet this magical person who is finally going to teach me how to live life, um, that I'm, you know, that I'm going to be happy. And like, I couldn't continue living this way. So, um, so it kicked off a big journey. Um, I, first of all, that event went really well. Like the next two weeks, I was just like very super active like every problem turned into a solution um and then i also like raised my own self-esteem and my own desires and i stated them so for example i stated like what situations need to change the work because it wasn't mm -hmm. enjoyable and it was like way too much pressure i um and eventually i decided to you know leave this project which was um which was amazing because we lived in super good terms and it was very empowering so that I could really focus on myself. Mm. And, and that meant that three months later, I was then jobless for the first time in like quite a while, which felt really cool. It was my, it was my birthday. First day that was, <laughs> I was jobless. I was uh, giving up my apartment. I canceled my lease. I put all of my belongings on Le Bon Coin, which is like basically the Craigslist in France. Mm -mm. And I was about to embark on a nomadic journey, which I didn't know where it would lead. And that was kind of exciting. It was like really cool. I was, for the first time, I felt like alive again. I was like that day, I took a self-care date. And I went like onto the streets and just like walked around and just called up people I loved and, and just did the things that I really wanted. And, and so, yeah, since then, like I went onto a nomadic journey that lasted for like two years. Uh, that's still, kind of still ongoing and and it also went through like ups and downs but i would generally see my life at this you know this breakdown was definitely the tipping point of of everything that followed afterwards 
and of especially wanting to tackle life, wanting to say yes, as you say. Yeah, I, I read some. So you have a few articles on um, on Medium, and I think uh, that's where I read about the kind of quest to hack happiness. Mm. So now I and I, I love. By the way, I love what you say about stating what you don't want and stating what you want. And again, it's the first step to resilience. It goes with the yes. It's what's happening. What's really happening? Because a lot of time we get into situations slowly kind of by default and we don't uh, actually realize we never step back to observe and notice what is really here and as you say so uh, suddenly you have this day and that day you realize oh wow uh, that's not a situation i want to stay in but it, it wasn't new what was new was your view on that and so a lot of time we need this clarity and we don't take time in our life to make it. So I love what you said about, hey, no, now I'm gonna state what I want and I'm gonna state what I don't want in my life. And it sounds like, um, from what I read, it sounds like you, it, this was your, a big step in your quest to hacking uh, happiness. Yes, although the funny thing is like that article that you saw, I wrote it beforehand. I wrote it actually like eight months before my breakdown. So I had ah, this little journal. Yeah. Um, yeah, which reminds me, like, I've been joining for quite a bit. <laughs> and, but it's, it still wasn't stable. It was a good time in my life, but it only lasted for two months, and then I went back into something else. I went back into, like, more like not taking care of myself too much. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and after that, for example, what really helped me in my journey was also being surrounded by other people who understood how to deal with those things. So for example, uh, one of my first steps was when I became nomadic, I went to Barcelona for an event called Mind Valley University, which you, you know. Yep. Um, and for others who don't know it, it's basically a one month event for uh, personal transformation around like our own personal growth, spirituality, and also professional growth. And so when I went there for the first time, I heard terms like self-love which I never heard before. I didn't even know what it was. Mm. So I was doing it sometimes, consciously, unconsciously, but now I was able to put a term on it. Um, so that really helped me like, to also like, help me like, structure myself and my thoughts and my intentions. Yeah. And so where, oh, and, and by the way, again, like, I actually love this story about, yeah, well, okay, this was my quest to happiness. It happened before the breakdown and then actually only lasted for two months. And that's how it happens. I mean, that's, how, that's why we, so, so many times we talk about building resilience. It doesn't happen overnight and it's not, usually it's not a before and after thing. I mean, sometimes it is, but, and when it is, it is because yeah. we, have, we had all these moments of ups and downs before and now is the last step but we that's how we learn right we try something and well it works or works or doesn't work so well and then we learn from that and we go on and we constantly evolve on that and that's how we uh, we get somewhere so I, I love that actually was that life is a blast when does life life is a blast um, happening in that. I'm, I'm waiting for last life is a blast in that That's story. <laughs> Actually, just before that, I'm really curious. Yeah. How do you define resilience? Oh, for me, resilience is uh, in, 
there are, if you look online, you will, you will find a lot of different definitions. So this is my definition, this is my own yeah. personal definition. And it's staying connected to life when shit happens. Mm. You know, this sensation of feeling alive. Yeah. Because we are all alive. We are all, and even if you're really sick, you're still alive. Your, your heart is beating, you're breathing, cells are doing their stuff in your body. So we are alive. But are we feeling alive? Not so much. Many people don't feel alive really in their daily life. They live like by default. So Definitely. it's really easy. And that's what I call staying connected to life. And it's really easy to feel that when you're in Bali <laughs> with beautiful uh, people around you and doing stuff you love and so on. Yeah, then it's perfectly uh, easy to feel alive. But then what happens when, I don't know, suddenly you're in this, well, my, my, my story, you're in this um, great environment. I was in Thailand and you have a call and your brother's dead. Well, suddenly there is something that you need to do and to find to stay connected to life, even in, in those dark moments. And that's what I call resilience. And that's how you can be low and get a, a, a up again. And the next time something happens in your life that you would rather not experience, but it's there, you can say yes and, and go further. And you can actually have what we call um, post-traumatic growth from, from that with re re resilience. So in a nutshell, yeah. that's my take on resilience. Cool. That, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. And, well, I'm able to, to really relate to it. And actually, like, let's, I can share with you, like, also yeah. why, um, um, especially, like, in regards to life as a blast, like, this, this feeling of feeling alive. Actually, I'm not sure if you saw, like, so I wrote an article on exactly this, the difference between being alive and feeling alive. Ah, no, I didn't see it there's this difference like uh -huh. and most people you know they are alive they wake up they get their coffee they do they, their routine or um you know and but then there's also a lot of numbness and i was part of yeah. that you know i use for example alcohol to numb myself hmm. i use like cigarettes nicotine to like to not confront myself with my feelings um i and for example the other extremist right now since i got to bali i I, I quit everything, including like coffee, mm -hmm. um, including I had some practice of microdosing like very occasionally, which I totally am not doing. Like I'm taking everything out of my life that would not allow me to, to really feel all of the emotions or feel my, my, mm. my Yeah. And, and life is a blast uh, was an initiative that I had. Um, and it was like, I created this like a month and a half ago. And it was, the desire was to show people how to be alive because I was in a state, honestly, where I was looking for that. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was in Barcelona, I was running my co-living space and I was working on my marketing agency and I globally I had an amazing life. Internally, I felt like something was missing and it was joy, it was purpose, it was something, something higher, a greater force that I was aligned with or that I wasn't aligned with. And so, yeah, when I created Life is a Blast, I had this desire to to really just share what it means to be alive and 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 me feeling alive through that mm. uh, and now now that i came here um, i realized that i have a greater purpose than that and that i can create impact in a different way so 
Um, so I dropped that initiative. <laughs> and it's, it sounds like it's really relating. I mean, all of this is some kind of uh, evolving uh, projects as I see it. And um, I hope you, you won't mind me mentioning the life engineering as well, because this is also how uh, co-living um, began in your experience, right? And this comes yes. as well from this, this view of how can we kind of engineer, engineer having a better life or uh, yeah. evolving ourselves? Definitely. So, so I was I still am part of this group called Life Engineering, and um, was created by uh, Renat, who is uh, uh, one of my best friends, and he uh, is amazing because he has this talent of just having a mindset that's very reverse engineering. So, his life is reverse engineering. He thinks about what type of life do I want to have five years from now, and from this he concludes like what type of life he wants to have right now and like in this year and what will be his goals and objectives, et cetera. And lifestyle engineering is really the, the mindset of engineering your life based on your intentions and your goals. Mm. So if you want, for example, to, to currently like work really hard, um, then maybe being nomadic and traveling is not the best thing. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll engineer your lifestyle based on your goals and based on your intentions. And so when I, when I started my nomadic journey, we went to this event called Mind Valley University. And at that time I was, you know, I didn't have savings because I, I never learned how to do, to do savings by then. <laughs> um, and I was about to go to Barcelona. I just invested a thousand bucks into this event and I was looking for housing. It was like very expensive. So, um, you know, I called up my friend Renard and I was still in the scarcity mindset of the town. I was like, Renard, let's, let's get some like very shitty housing so that at least we can get like, you know, save some money. And he's like, no, <laughs> why don't we, why don't we see this as an opportunity and, and do something with it. And I've been wanting to do co-livings at that time for like almost two and a half years. Like there was, I wanted to do it. And, and then, I, and then, and then we realized, okay, why don't we do the following? We're going to create a Facebook post in, in the events group. And we're just going to post, hey, we want to live together and how many people would be like down to, to do it. And we had around like 30 people commenting. And, and then that's how we created all the first, the first calling space because we realized there was demand. So we got a place, rented it out, and we called it Lifestyle Engineering House because it was about a lot of people who were about lifestyle engineering, about lifestyle design. And yeah, and then all the other places, uh, the other calling spaces that we created because Renard and I continued traveling. So we went from Barcelona to Mexico to Thailand and then again to Barcelona and all of those places were then the lifestyle engineering houses. And also like a nomadic coloring space, which was really cool. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. So for, from what I hear, it like, sounds like you, you have this experience, you have this breakdown. I love the angels in the, in the palaces. <laughs> and then you from from there you try different things but always in the with the goal of designing your life or of creating the life you you want from that yes and now um, you're sorry yeah 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 definitely yes and and even though i wasn't always intentional but i guess the concept of intention mm, was just yeah. brought to me more and more yeah including when I started my nomadic journey. I was like four, so four days before I, 
I became nomadic before I quit my job, before I left it. I had a t talk with a guy called Chase. I didn't know him, Renat introduced us. He was part of the same life engineering group. So I talked to him and I told him, like, Chase, you know, I'm like, in four days, I'm finally quitting my job because I want freedom. And Chase looks at me and he's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, what do you mean that's bullshit? And he says, like, freedom is a vacuum. It's just something that you can fill with something meaningful. What do you want to f fill your freedom with? And this is when I realized that, you know, this is the perfect example of showing I could have lived a life and just, like, gone on the road and see what happens. Mm -hmm. But what I did instead was thinking, why am I doing this? What is my intention behind it? And then I realized my main intention is to be around the people that, that I love. Mm. And, and so my nomadic journey started with visiting literally all of the people that I've been loving and not seeing in the last like two, three, four, five years. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a sense of, uh, now, now I can see, it's really interesting to, uh, to hear that. Now I can see how it, it goes into what you're doing now of uh, creating communities. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and I have one ritual question for this podcast. And this is sure. what makes you, and you're going to love it. Seeing what we have shared already, you're going to love this question. What makes you feel alive? Uh, okay, intuitive answer, love. So my intuition right now, was or like whatever came out was uh, love or like feeling loved or giving love is definitely one thing that makes me feel alive um, and so that's why I love giving now I can be loving and still not feel alive because it still can be in self-doubt and stuff but it's also because I don't love myself so I think that if love is there if I love myself and if I love others and if I'm in a state of loving and empowerment then I do feel alive um, and then there's different things like sometimes it's randomness I love randomness like randomness oh yeah okay yeah like just having things that you don't expect and um, and getting out of routine and just being in a state of mind where you're just exploring mm, but definitely love people connection it's the one thing that always holds me back to life or keeps me forward. Yeah, that's interesting because most people, uh, well, many people say they love surprises, but they actually are saying they love good surprises. So <laughs> not so yeah. many people like randomness and unpredictability. So that's really interesting, actually. But, but I, I can totally relate to that. Like when, when we have something random happening and you get out of your routine, that's when you have to grow new, new capabilities, right? New, maybe a new point of view or a new thing. And then that's when you... Mm -hmm. and it actually gives you back who you are because suddenly you have to, to define that <laughs> in a new setting. Yeah, interesting. Exactly, you can't hide anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You can't hide anymore. Yeah. So, that was a great conversation. And by now, I'm sure, guys, you all want to know the following steps, which will be next week. We will talk about what Guillaume 
is doing right now, now in Bali with the co-living spaces you are developing. Before we head out, make sure you check Guillaume um, works on evolvecoliving.com. It's all in one word, evolvecoliving.com. And you can find him on Facebook as well. He's Mitgi, M-E-E-T-G-U-I. And of course, you can find the links in the show notes for this episode on the, web, on the website integrallyalive.com as usual. So that's the end of this episode. Thank you, Guillaume, so much Thank for you. sharing yeah, your awesome. personal really story. It. Really enjoyed yeah. it. And I guess, yeah, yeah, same. And I guess the key learning, you know, just like for me, it's like yeah. there will be times where like we're gonna go continue going through hardship and like um, and like even that curve that's going up will still have like its peaks and downs. Yep. But it's just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans and it's all normal to just like have those, those moments. And I think um, I'm seeing a lot of people who, for example, do not want to feel negative emotions um, to kind of like bypass them. But I truly believe in the value of like growth through pain. And Completely. Yeah. It's all about like really just like being and embracing whatever you feel. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was referring to with saying a big yes and to life, you know. And I don't believe in negative emotions, actually. Because the, depending on... So, for example, many people label fear or anger as negative. Yeah. Well, um, what can I find? Uh, well, if a bear comes to me, it's good for me, actually. It's a vital skill to feel fear. And to run off, you know? Definitely. So in that situation, it's not negative at all. It's actually saving my life. Same with anger. And many people uh, think of anger as being angry, like red, shouting, you know, losing your mind. But I always love to take the example of Gandhi, for example, or Martin Luther King. They were angry. They were like, no, this is what's happening in my country. I don't, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to do something about it. So they were angry, but they were not acting in an angry mode. And it's totally normal to be angry when in your country you're black and you said, no, you can stay there just because you're black, you know? So I don't believe in negative emotion. I only believe in seeing in that moment, in that situation, is this emotion serving you or not serving you? If it's not serving you, then you probably should reverse your state and feel another emotion. But yeah. there's, yeah, for me, there is no, uh, no negative uh, emotion. That, that is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, what you shared... It's all is, about like, does it does it not? Yeah. <laughs> what you shared actually is, uh, is what uh, one essence of resilience is. I mean... When people think about resilience, first they think, oh, maybe I need to build it. Or that's why I'm saying grow resilience, because we all have it. We're human beings. Just being alive means you have resilience. You've been sick before, you recovered. This is resilience, you know. You have your heart broken. <laughs> you're, now you're laughing. This is resilience. So we all have it already. Sometimes we need to grow it even more. I mean, I, get, I guess there is no limit to, to resilience. But. So this is it. This is going up and down and being okay. That's why I'm saying, you know, staying connected to life. It's being okay with the ups, being okay with the downs, knowing that 
this shall this too shall pass my friend you know this true, this yeah. kind of chinese saying so thank you you, you made a perfect ending and uh, resuming for the topic actually um so yeah that's it thank you very much guillaume i'm really looking forward for the next episode i i'm really uh, curious about what you're doing now and uh yeah same i me too <laughs> i know it's uh, it's amazing um thanks everyone for listening if you like what you hear check the website integrallyalive.com for the show notes leave a comment and i love reading your feedbacks especially now with these uh, two episodes in one uh, kind of format i'm really curious to know what you think about it subscribe to the podcast and rate it on itunes so you will help more people get access to this information and till next time until then keep sparking life and going from alive-ish to alive bye à bientôt bye bye see ya <laughs>